0: Hello, I'm Javis Lewis and I hope I'm finally on air. It's one of those things with live streams, isn't it? You can never really predict if things are working. Is the audio switched on? Is the video coming back? And then of course I'm seeing everything on a delay. So This morning there were some encoder problems. I believe the bitrate wasn't set correctly. It's one of those things It worked flawlessly, of course. Last week when I did it the first time in 2019 and today we had a bit of a technical glitch there. So what I may do and what I may end up doing is just um, edit this together and re-upload it. Maybe if the quality isn't so good that YouTube is recording, I've always got a backup here at home or do I? Yes, I do. Okay, good. Um, thank you so much, uh, everyone, for watching. Hello, Marco from Germany. Hallo nach Deutschland. It has been secretly one of those plans uh, of mine to actually make a German channel, as a, like a secondary channel, and uh, do things in German because I'm from Germany. And, you know, it would be good to put that language to good use. So, I don't know, it's one of those things that it may be a lot of work. But it's one of those things that I've got at the back of my mind. I've got a lot of viewers in Germany, so let's you know, that's, that's make that perhaps happen in 2019. Julia's here with me. She's hacking away at the keyboard in case there's anything uh, that needs to be said or anything that I uh, can't keep an eye on the chat that sometimes happens. So it's, uh, it's one of those things. Um, today, uh, we're going to build an indoor pool scene. I've rehearsed this yesterday, and I've come up with the scene something like uh, this. There we go. That's the thumbnail you've seen. And this is the, the scene that we're going to build today or something similar, uh, or, you know, fairly close to what this, what this looks like. So, uh, this is a product here that was from the DAS 3D website. And, uh, I'm a member of the platinum club, like I suppose many of, and many of us are that do DAS studio stuff. And once every week they send out a free product and uh, that's, that's nice. Uh, but sometimes I don't really know what to do with it. I get it and then I'm thinking well Yeah, I must do something with that in the future and then I, I often forget so when this live stream came up I was thinking well Maybe I can put that to good use and turn this into a nice scene and this is the result so one of the things that I Dislike about products that you get sometimes is that you look at the promo images and they all look amazing and you think great I'm gonna load this product in I'm gonna do a test render and my render looks sad and bland and it's one of those things i wish the developers would make it easy like stonemason makes it very easy he includes light presets he includes camera presets but not everybody does that and so i thought you know it's a nice idea to look at a scene like that maybe a freebie scene and and see if we can turn it into a nice palatable image so here's what I've done with it, just as a brief overview. Aside from putting the character dead center here, the these lights on the walls here, and as well as in the back, we're going to see more of that. This, these are also lights. They are objects that are inside the scene, so they already exist, but they're not actually light objects. So they're defined as surfaces, but they're not turned into light objects. So we're going to make that happen uh, and turn that into, into emit- emitting surfaces so that you can, you know, that, that this contributes to the lighting in our scene. So I'll show you how that works. In addition, I've also added these underwater pool lights here. So they're not part of the scene. Those are simple parametric point lights that we can create with iRay. Uh, or even with 3d light i believe this scene is available as a 3d light layout as well as a a, an iray kind of surface preset so we're going to use the iray version and uh, i'm going to show you how this works the principle is the same in 3d light of course and uh, other than that uh, there's also these things in the ceiling here those are also lights um, and they're also uh, defined in the scene but they're not they're not turned on so we're going to make that happen then we're going to find our way to the perfect shot. Now that's also something that uh, there's several approaches to this, but I find if the scene is relatively large and enclosed with a ceiling and all that, we can wander through the scene using keyboard and mouse navigation, much like we do in third-person shooter games. So I'll show you how to do that as well in, in DAS Studio and uh, other than that I'll show you, oh yes there's a bit of front lighting that's coming in from here and that is not done via HDRI so I've switched the HDRI completely off in this scene. And uh, I've done it with kind of a full HDRI. So I've uh, I've I've imagined the scene to be somewhere as the as the name suggests, an indoor pool. And there is uh, opposite. There's of course a view of Sydney Harbour and the Sydney Opera House, like it is in the movies. You know, it's always like that. And uh, to make that happen, I've projected an image of the Sydney Harbour outdoor scene i have found on the internet on a simple plane and then i turned that plane into an emissive surface so that kind of shines in there and in this scene you can't actually see it opposite there's windows through which you could see that the only thing that you can see is this reflection here this white big uh, blob here and that's a reflection of what happens in the window on the opposite side okay so i believe i've also moved these chairs into position here that's those are all the things that i've done and uh, I think I will uh, I will attempt to do that again so without further ado let's get on with it. There's, let me show you the product that I've used. This is it. This is the hotel indoor pool. That was the Platinum Club freebie this week and this is what the promo images look like. So you can see that the developer has also switched on the lights here at the top and they have also have some kind of an outdoor scene going here and um, you know that's, that's one thing that I'll, I'll show you how to do that without resorting to a high resolution uh, HDRI image. There we go. On the character, I believe it's Monique Seven. I'm using the Frilly Triangle Bikini. This is it. It's also available from Das, but I'm using it with my own uh, texture pack. That's available from Renderosity here. This is the Breakwater Texture Pack. So I found the um, the the textures that came with the bikini a little bit bland so I've created my own and that's available on renderosity and tell you what if you support me on patreon if you sign up as a patreon supporter no matter what tier you will get this thing for free so there we go good incentive for everyone to sign up there and of course you get my eternal thanks in return and it'll contribute to the quality of the output that I'm going to create there's also a hair prop that i'm using which is by the wonderful oh yeah this is not actually anything sorry Uh, this is the scene of course sorry there we go i'm also using a hair prop here by the wonderful biscuits Uh, hello to holland there biscuits 3d if you're watching great to have you on board and um, this is the hair prop i'm going to be using that's also available from renderosity it's the mila hair and it's amazing the amount of morphs that are in there and uh, i thought you know when women go to the pool maybe they tie their hair back but at the same time uh, the humidity and moisture kind of makes the hair frizzy so you can do all that with this hair prop i love it it's absolutely amazing that's it uh, let's get started and switch into destiny 4.10 it's important to know that I'm using 4.10 still. 4.11 is a beta version that's kind of around the corner and uh, the main difference is that when you load a prop into Das Studio 4.10 then you will see that the surface properties of a prop are for 3D lights, so they're set up for 3D lights, so we have to convert them to, for use in IRA and as of 4.11 and that's the only difference is that kind of the main difference in 4.11 aside from many other little things as far as I could tell, is that when you bring in a prop in 4.11, it has the iray properties on there automatically. So that's, you know, you don't have to convert that anymore. And since we're gonna have to do that, I thought I would mentioned that. So I'm using 4.10 still, and there we go. Let's start by switching off my frame aspect ratio so that I have a good uh, view into the scene. I'll do that uh, up here, actually, can I show you this? Yes, I can, uh, is that it? No, that's, that's it, there we go. <laughs> I can show you this uh, up here, whoops. In, uh, in this little thing, uh, just switch off the aspect frame and then that thing will go away. Is that my correct button? Yes, perfect, but it also loads that, so hmm, wrong function keys there. anyway. One of those things, it'll be ironed out as we go along in 2019. Let me head over to the Smart Content tab and I believe the indoor pool was in environments. Yes, there we go, that's the indoor pool here. And if I double click on that, then I get it uh, either as a complete scene for 3D light and for iRay, and I also get just the room here and there. So those are the things that, are, that don't have the, the kind of the, the launchers and the recliners in there. I'm gonna load go this one, indoor pool, complete iRay. I'll take a second for that Studio to think about it. And here we go, this is our scene. Now, first of all, navigating it, there's there's two kind of parts to the puzzle. This is what I'd like to do. So first of all, we have our regular um, uh, scroll in and scroll out mouse wheel uh, option. And we can we can maybe hold a function key and then uh, spin around in the scene. But sometimes when the scenes are larger, I find that a little bit cumbersome to walk around in them. So if I wanted to go over here to that recliner, I'd have to go and do this maybe switch positions like that and sometimes that's just a little bit uh, time-consuming so what we can use there is this uh, keyboard and mouse navigation and there's a, an article on my website and in fact a video from a couple of years ago that i've made in which i'm explaining exactly how that works so in essence we switch this little thing on here at the top which is the uh, keyboard navigation so you can toggle that on or off And um, there's also another thing which is just next to it, which is uh, the scene navigator. So this can be just toggled on and off. If you switch that on, then the keyboard navigation becomes active. And that means with the A and D keys, we can now strafe left and right in our scene. With W, we can move forward and with S, we can move backwards. So that's very exciting to do that uh, we can then look around in the scene with the mouse not currently because if I click something then I uh, select anything that's selectable in the scene so for that I need to switch on this little thing here which is the scene navigator tool so that's again that's a that switches away from the 3d manipulator tool. So if I click that then I can left click and drag to look around in my scene And then if you're familiar with first-person or third-person shooter games, then you can do both these things at the same time. So you can literally walk around the scene, and I find that extremely exciting because then that way you can literally go and get the uh, accurate kind of camera angle that, that you're looking at. You can also move up and down. That's the Q key and the E key. That lets you move up and down. Look at that. That's what's going on underneath the pool. Very interesting there. So, yes, that's how that works. So that's one thing, you know, I thought I wanted to share with you because sometimes it's nice to explore a camera angle just like that. Part one to the puzzle. Part two is that currently I'm using the perspective view, and uh, that's kind of the more or less a director's camera. It's much like the front, left, right, back, and all these views here. It's the view that you can render, but if you really want to frame up a picture, you'd probably create a camera, and uh, that's what we're going to do in a moment to frame up our shots. So, what I like to do is use the perspective view to begin with and find my shot. Let's say, let's just, let's just say this is my shot, and then if i wanted to build an actual render from that i would go and create a new camera and with that new camera i'd copy the active view which in my case is the perspective view and then in my scene here let me just close that down i get one camera and that's the one i can now select in this drop down which is cool and if i do that then i can move the camera around but then if i switch back to my perspective view that's still as i left it so the idea behind that is that if i go and look at something else to set it up like set a character up on a on a prop or whatever put two props together i still have my shot kind of saved as i as i left it because i don't want to touch that now mentioning this because this is kind of part two to the puzzle of uh, setting up a scene. One thing that I dislike about the perspective view, actually two things I dislike about the perspective view, is one is the focal length. I don't think it's very wide. So the shot I'm gonna frame up later will have a wider um, focal length. So a shorter focal length and a wider kind of viewing angle. And I, of, I know of no way to change that in the perspective view. So what I tend to do is set up a camera that i'll just call the director's camera and then i will do something with that let me in fact let me just go and delete the camera that i've just shown you here as a as a demo go back to my perspective view and in fact create a new camera from that so i'll go and create a new camera apply the perspective view and i'm going to call this one director's camera and the advantage of doing it that way is that I now have a director's camera that I don't intend to render, I just intend to move around with it. But at the same time, check it out, I want to use this to have a wider field of view. So in order to do that, there's, there's two ways to do that. Select your camera in the scene tab and then either head over to the parameters tab and under camera you've got some of these controls here. Or because I tend to use the parameters tab for many other things. I have also set up my own camera tab here. You can set that up from you know, window, tabs and panes. That's where all these tabs are kind of hiding. And in here in the camera tab, I have the same controls as in the parameters tab. So right now I'm going to go and uh, reduce my focal length down to something along the lines of maybe 30, 28, something like that. It's not going to be the final thing. So, uh, yes, exactly, Marco. It looks like a first-person shooter game if you use a scene like that, which is really cool. I think that's, that's something. I think they've introduced that in das 2 4.7, and I was very excited when that, uh, when that came out. So it really makes exploring large scenes just that much easier. Let's just say 35. That's kind of a, a nice wide-angle lens. So there we go. When we compare this view to the regular perspective view, or even to uh, the one we had before, then I have to say there's uh, there's just a lot more going. So now if I navigate, I can frame up much nicer shot so I can I get a much better view of what I want my scene to look like. So I guess in, in our case, we had it uh, somewhere like this. Maybe a bit from the bottom here. And then, of course, you can always uh, switch over into the other view um, if you want to, uh, if you need to fine adjust the scene, but this is good to kind of block the scene out and get the get kind of an accurate um, frame there. In addition, of course, you can use this uh, aspect frame, and then you've got you can see exactly what's going to be rendered on your scene. To switch all that off and go back into your regular thing, you can uh, just switch over to the uh, Universal Manipulator tool, and then you've got the selectability again, and then you've got the, the regular camera controls again. There we go. So that's that's one thing why I like using a dedicated director's camera like that. But the other is, um, notice what happens if I were to switch over to the perspective view and I'm looking at the scene maybe like this. There's this thing called the headlamp. And I've talked about this many times before, but of course what happens is that there's uh, there's a, there's a there's, it's, it kind of depends on how the headlamp feature is set up. If I'm in render settings here and I go over to... Um, let me show you this over here. If I'm in my render settings, there is a way somewhere, I forgot where of course, uh, the auto headlamp feature here, I think it's under, uh, under MISC, is that right? Yeah, there we go, under MISC. When there's no scene lights, use an auto headlamp. So this is kind of the default that Das Studio does there. But as soon as I create a parametric light, say like a spotlight, then uh, just go and apply the default settings, the scene goes pitch black, and of course now I can't really set anything up so it would be really really helpful comma dash comma if we had an option to make sure the auto headlamp feature is either always on never on or when the scene lights are there so it's basically a third option missing that's, that says please put the headlamp on at all times and the perspective view there's just no way to change that in the perspective view but there is in a regular camera so uh, the, if I switch over back to my Director's camera. Then I currently have, uh, whoops, I currently have the the. This is kind of the light that I've just dropped in. I've got the same effect as on the perspective view. So I've got a pitch black scene, and it makes framing things up extremely difficult. But I've also got, whoops. Uh, there we go these shortcuts they kind of do something else i meant to put the f keys up there so i can switch cameras easily without looking at another monitor hey one of those things i hope you forgive me for looking over here every once in a while so uh, the the thing in the camera tab is that under the headlamp option here can you see that yes you can there's also an option to set this to auto on or off and this is kind of the third option I was talking about. Auto means when no scene lights are in the scene use the headlamp but if there is as much as one parametric light in the scene then um, uh, switch the headlamp off and give me a completely black picture which was one which was actually never helpful so we can just switch that on here and then we get a headlamp feature despite parametric lights that haven't quite got the right values yet because I'm still setting up the scene. So very helpful there if uh, that's why a dedicated camera is a great idea so with all that out of the way, let's set up our shot with that dedicated camera so this is those are the the, the in summary this is why I don't like using the the perspective view that much so our first line of duty i guess uh, other than um putting this oops, no, not that, uh, that, there we go, putting my, um, getting rid of my spotlight that I've just dropped in there for demonstration purposes. Let's make these things turn up in, in the actual render. Uh, to get a little preview there, what I'm going to do also is going to switch over my AUX viewport. I'm going to put that to perhaps, right now, I think I'll use my director's camera. Well, in fact let's go and uh, create another camera from that so that this is kind of our, our final shot that we're setting up one of the two i'm going to show you two so i'm going to go a new uh, grab that from the director's camera so this is going to be our uh, our camera one so over here i'll switch over to camera one and at the same time i'm also going to switch over here to the iray preview so that i have a little kind of scene there that shows me what this is going to look like uh, just now without meddling with the lights and perhaps it looks nice perhaps it does not right now I can tell it's probably going to be a little bit too dark I guess Uh, and that's probably because we have a roof on this scene so the IBL that's probably set up let's just have a look under render settings environment yes there is a regular environment map is in here which is why we see a little bit of something there let me go into uh, that's the top right there so if you get a bit of a better view this is what the Iray preview looks like it's very dark and that is probably because the um, pool ceiling is getting in the way so if we switch that off here in our scene then the IBL can shine right in and that's that's what this looks like now so this is kind of a um, outdoor daylight kind of setup there but of course, we don't really want that. We wanna, we wanna have proper light in there. So I don't know if I'm gonna use the IBL at all. So I'll put the ceiling back on and I'll leave it on for now. We can maybe tweak it later. It's nice to soften up shadows every once in a while. So, but right now, let's look at these lights that are already prepared here in the scene. They're just not activated yet. So let's make that happen. If we select just one of them, I select them. Yes, there we go. There's uh, pool indoor lights. That's them. Just switching them off. They're there in, in groups. In order to turn them into lights, we need to have a look at the surfaces tab. So uh, with one of them selected, we head over to surfaces. Now we can see that this object is actually made up of several surface types. So one is the bulb and one is the chrome. And the chrome is the silver bit that we can... That we can see perhaps uh, with my director's camera i'll switch that over to camera one perfect we can go and frame that light up so we can we can see it a little bit uh, better here the chrome is probably going to be the outside bit so this bit and that bit and the other bits around the corner there but uh, there's also a thing that's called the bulb and that's probably somewhere behind that and that's kind of cool yeah look at the white bits here that's the bulb and that's the surface we'd like to change so let's expand that, and this is already set up for the IRA material, of course. In the emissions tab, we can see that this is set to white, but it's not quite glowing yet or not quite glowing strong enough. So what we can do here is change the luminance units from candles per square meters, I guess, into watts. That's something more kind of understandable for humans. And you can already see that they are starting to glow a little bit, just not. Not reasonably well to provide good lighting in our scene So to really illuminate the wall, perhaps we're going to try something like a hundred Value of a hundred and then we'll see what that looks like. It's getting there. It's getting there. Let's make it let's make it 200 We can also switch our large scene over to Iray. There's currently not much in it So it'll take a moment for the computer to do its thing there, but uh, we should get uh, more accurate preview there we go this is this is how much the lighting already contributes to the scene so that's very nice so a value of 200 i guess is a good starting point but do experiment around with it you can go as go high as up as as about hundred and thousand, something like that It, it it really depends on the scene don't be afraid to experiment with these values in extremes and uh, one of those things I found very helpful is to literally switch this to Watts. If ever you're dealing with the surfaces tab and the emissions channel, change that to Watts that, that uh, you can create the same effect with any of the other things like, you know, candles per square meter, but that value would have to be a lot larger. So it's just, it's much easier to, you know, to, um, to type in a lower value and use a different uh, luminance unit basically. So that's neat. But if we zoom out of this computer, hello, oh, not that much perhaps. If we zoom out of this, let me just switch this uh, back to the texture shaded viewport, because that's just that's uh, just a bit easier on my on my computer resources here. We can see that the rest of those lights aren't set up yet. So we can see that on the left hand side of the wall here. Um, is still dark, and there's the these lights in the background of the little back room here there they 're still switched off and The good thing is we can literally just copy the values of the service into those things without having to set them up again and in order to do that, you head over to that emissions channel and just say copy selected surfaces uh that with that with that memory with that value in memory, just uh head over to whoops head over to Other lights, for example, the ones that we see here in the background. And don't know if I can select them through the wall. No, probably not. Uh, Let's open this door here. If you select that door on the parameters tab, I believe. Yeah, we get an open-close thing here going. That's perfect. Let's open that door as well. Uh, That makes it a little bit more look 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 more inviting there. So now with those out of the way I should be able to select those lights and yes indeed I can and back on the surfaces tab I can now go and uh, literally select that bulb channel the whole bulb channel and just paste my value right in there and that will have copied the same value you can just see that here in the preview into those lights as well. Let me repeat that process for these lights you can also have a look at the scene tab here of course there's there's more lights where that is applicable and you can just go and oops select the bulb uh, surface and paste those values right in there so now i've got the back room lit up and i believe there's more lights that we can't even see here that's those lights perfect let's do the same here it's just a matter of going through the scene and seeing where the developer has put other lights yeah we've got those already that's perfect we got those on the side here and the last one, I think we're missing those still emissions channel, there we go, let's go and paste that in there too and now we should have some light on the outside here so that's just to illuminate the wall we can use the same feature by the way to use these lights at the ceiling here in fact let me switch that back over to iray view i keep doing that i mean without iray it's much easier to navigate the scene so it's uh it's and i'm using i believe this graphics card as an encoder for the video so that makes it all a little bit you know cramped on resources here is one of those things um, yeah i do i do switch around there uh, usually in pre-recorded videos i can edit these bits out where things keep rendering but you know on a live stream that's not exactly possible so we can use the same setup that we've got here uh, let's select the indoor pool ceiling that has different materials so we've got the beams the bulb the ceiling and the light So I believe the bulb will be again that little white bit in the middle there and that's exactly the one that we're going to paste our values in. And with that in place now, our ceiling lights should produce a nice lighting effect. Let's give my computer a moment to render there. And there we go, perfect. So that makes the room a little bit brighter and of course it makes the scene look a lot more interesting that way as well. But we're far from over, we're far from done yet. So um, one other thing I want to warn you about, the more lights there are, or the more light-emissive surfaces there are, the more taxing it is on the resources of your computer. So uh, if, you're, if you find that your scene is relatively simple like this, and you already find that the computer is kind of getting really, really slow, then that's probably the reason for it, because um, more lights mean more paths need to be, more rays need to be calculated, and, the more realistic the image is going to look, but at the same time, it's also going to be very difficult on your computer. Just saying that. Let's have a look, if I just uh, switch this back over to, in fact, smooth shaded, that's a good idea. Um, Let's place those lights in the pool, like I suggested here. Uh, To make navigation a bit quicker, I'm going to switch this over to texture shaded here, my little viewport, so that I have my computer's full attention. So the way our character is going to sit there, I think maybe three or four pool lights are going to be in order somewhere along the lines of of here underneath the water surface. It makes it look uh, really nice later. In order to place them, let's go and go down here somewhere like that and uh, see how we can do that. So I think uh, what we what we can use here is parametric lights, parametric point lights. We get them into our scene by heading over to create new point light. And the difference between a distant light, a spotlight and a point light is basically that a distant light doesn't have a location. It's, it's basically parallel light and it doesn't matter where in the scene you move it, it'll always shine from everywhere into one direction but basically from from everywhere into the scene a spotlight is shining from one point but it only emanates in one particular direction so it can't shine uh, into all directions whereas a point light is basically a light sphere that goes and emanates light everywhere so it emulates a light bulb basically that's what it is here like a like a ball that glows into all directions we can change that as well through the uh, geometry uh, that we'll we'll see how that works so right now we're going to use a point light and we're going to say um, just use the default settings and i'm going to call this one pool light there Uh, it's not often that obvious as to where these things are placed Uh, if you can't find it just select it in the scene in the scene tab here it is and then just use this little square button if you do that then your scene is going to focus right in on whatever object you've got selected also works with multiple objects if you basically select the whole pool interior and i click this little button then i see the whole scene from the outside that's a very uh, handy way to navigate larger scenes So going back to my point light, I'll select it and I'll go and uh, click that little thing, and then I've got it right dead center, where kind of close to where I want it, Um, not exactly where I want it though. So we need to move that over here towards the pool wall, and of course underneath the water surface. So the water surface is this uh, gray little thing here. This is the Kind of the, the uh, water surface here and uh, we want to move that to about kind of halfway or kind of a third into the pool i guess that's what these lights are usually placed at and uh, let's start with one at this end here let's look at it from the side so i want this to be kind of not behind the wall but also not uh, on the wall so just like a little bit further up there it's we don't have to build geometry for this this is all you you could do that but since this is such a small little asset uh, point that will work just fine i'll put that right here behind the behind the um, pool ladder so we can just about see that at the bottom right of our final scene here now let's make sure we set this up correct actually let's move it let's move it here so we can see it better there i'm envisioning kind of four here one two three four something like that Let's leave it here for now and let's have a look at the light properties. This is not a mesh light, so we can find the parameters for this light on the parameters tab. With it selected here, my, my pool wants to open up all the time. So With the pool light selected, uh, you head over to the parameters tab and then you see the light tab. Here, let me make that a bit bigger so we can all follow along here under the these are just the transformation values here and under light you'll find a few interesting options here let's break those out into uh, first of all the area the light geometry is currently set to point I think I'm gonna leave it you could also use a sphere Actually, maybe I will use a sphere. Let me use a sphere instead of a point. A sphere, the difference between a point and a sphere is that a sphere is, of course, larger than a point. A point is literally just one one pixel and um, one vertex, shall I say, and uh, a sphere is kind of larger. And uh, we can set the height and width with these parameters here. Well, uh, we've looked at that in previous tutorials. I think 10 is probably going to be a good starting point. Render Emitter is also a good idea in this case so I'm going to leave that um, as it is for now. Under photometrics we need to set a few things. Uh, one of them is the, um, uh, is the luminous flux, that's the value of how much this thing glows. And then there's another thing, uh, I'm going to show you that in a minute, how to change the color of the light. So let's uh, switch this over, maybe the, the large bit over to, um, to look at the light here. and see what it looks like without us doing anything. Well, I can barely see it. I can literally barely see it. Let me zoom in there and, uh, and see what that, what that effect, Oops, that a little bit much, what that effect may look like. So um, I can't see something. I do now actually see the headlamp of my camera bouncing off against the wall so, and off against the water. So that's not exactly what I want. So I may have to go over and select my camera quickly and switch that headlamp off. There we go. That makes it all, that makes that that big white bit uh, go away. Oh, that was a different, wrong camera there. Sorry. Um there we go. Perfect. So now all we get is the IBL and our underwater light. So that value isn't actually that bad. I think I'd like, uh, I'd like it a little bit brighter so that it lights up the, the pool a little bit better there. So um, let's go and uh, make that happen with perhaps a slightly uh, larger value. So let's try. It's currently 1,500. This is where the really large values come in. So I suppose maybe let's try 5,000 and see what that looks like. I'm, I'm starting to see a little bit of a glow on the outside here, but that's not really enough. So let me try a 10,000 with these things. You really have to test it out and see, well, look at that. This is the kind of, this is the effect that I'm looking for, that the surface of the water is being illuminated from underneath. This is kind of the, the realms of, of this is starting to look nice. Because that's exactly like in reality, that's what makes pools at night look nice, that there's there's, um, sufficient lighting involved there. Uh, 10,000, let me try 20,000. That may be the value we're going to settle on there, 20,000 hasn't made much of a difference perhaps I'll settle for 10,000 also the position of the light itself is another thing you can move it forward a little bit so then we illuminate the back wall a little bit more there it really depends I think I liked it before and I'm going to go back to 10,000 it's one of those trial and error things which cost so much time in building these scenes speaking of time how am I doing for time Oh, look at that. We've been on air for 45 minutes already. We're nowhere near the scene being completed. So let's hurry it up a little bit. So uh, a white light underneath the water doesn't look as effective as a blue light underneath the water. Let's try and work on that. There is um, under the on the top tab here on the light, you can see that we have a color that we can change that into and that is in fact the color of the light so we can change that to anything change that to red which you know looks probably rather scary i'd say yeah there we go it's almost like somebody's been bleeding in the pool been murdered in the pool we don't like that let's let's switch it to something like blue uh, just a word of warning them when, when people use colors in something like lighting or in in uh, in things like uh, textures or for demonstration purposes many people always go uh, for the full whack values like the 255 times 3 values like the highest color value you can get that often looks very unnatural because we really never in reality we never really see things like 100% blue or 100% red that doesn't really happen that way so this is one of those blues I'm talking about this is literally 255 saturation value that's just that is just too much so if I were to do that then we get an effect like this and that's not a little bit blue that's kind of scary blue so that's not really the kind of uh, cozy nighttime pool atmosphere we're looking for. So let's make sure we turn the saturation down there. I think I'll settle for this uh, preview uh, preset value here on the Windows palette and we'll see what that's like. It still has a 255 in there. I don't think I like that either. Uh, Perhaps something like this. That's also still got a 255 saturation. So something along those lines. I'm not entirely happy with how that's how that's coming out here perhaps I'll, I'll just use this and then go and turn that down manually to something like this. yeah that's better so we kind of we give it a little tinge of blue but you know we don't we don't overdo it at the same time. So that by itself doesn't look like much just yet so let's go back into the texture shaded view and if we're happy with that effect also on my uh, director's camera here, let's quickly switch that headlamp back on so that we can see what else we're doing here uh, with that pool light selected, let me just um, duplicate that along the way, let's start by placing the first light somewhere here where I had intended it you can worry about the height a little bit later there and now I can go and say edit, duplicate, duplicate nodes and that will over here create a second pool light, which uh, let's select that and move it over here. Yeah, so let's space them out. We can always do a more accurate placing later. Pool light two, let's go and edit, duplicate that node again. Select it and move it over here. And I suppose we'll put one fourth one somewhere further at the at the back there. So edit. Duplicate and of course duplicating these things means that all my light values are also being duplicated This is how 3d modelers work. They build one chair and then they duplicate them ten times and you've got the cafe scene. It's, you know, that's the magic of of uh, computer graphics, I guess So we've got them. We've got those set up here depending on I guess our character is going to be here We'll see where that light uh, what that light looks like later We'll worry about that in a minute. But for now we've got we've got our pool lights set up there. In fact, let's switch this over to iRay so that we get a bit of a preview of what this what this already looks like. So um, with with that in place, I think all we need now is something that will brighten up the room just a little bit more. Because right now, if I use my director's camera and I just spin that around, we see these windows on the other side here. And that is, of course, where with a bit of uh, trickery, we could place a nice outdoor scene in there. And uh, we can use that outdoor scene to contribute to the lighting. So one way of doing that would just be to draw the dome. Uh, That is one possibility. Let me switch that over here and uh, render this in IRA. Without anything, all we get is the, so in fact, switch that, switch a large scene over here. then we get we get a bit of uh, like a bigger view of what that would look like so right now we see of course my the effects of my headlamp that brightens up the room so please ignore that but at the same time we're also seeing these uh, gray patches on the back here and that is something that uh, would normally be rendered uh, transparent but if we were to place something else out there we would see that so either a backdrop would look fine or if you want to replace that in photoshop that's also a good idea Um, but one other thing we can do one simple thing we can do is that under the render settings tab we can uh, under environment we can simply go and draw the dome that's set to off by default as soon as we switch that on we get to see the light dome on the outside so anything that was gray a moment ago will not show up as transparent in the final render it'll now be filled it's now going to be um, picture content but what DAS studio is showing us there is literally the environment map so if you have a proper hdri in your scene not the default that's like 500 by 500 pixels large that's kind of good for basic illumination but uh, we only see like a creamy mishmash of nothingness really and that is probably something along the lines of these mountains that we that we see here but they're so out of focus that we can't really see that if you have a really really uh, high resolution uh, HDR image on the outside then that is a portion of that image that you could see through that it usually doesn't matter because it's supposed to be kind of out of focus in the background but uh, if you want something in focus or in focus-ish and you can't find a hdri that will do the trick both for lighting and for good looks then you can do uh, you can simply use a plane uh, or something similar just an object on the outside there let me show you how that works so right now i will uh, no longer draw the dome i will switch that off again and go back to the gray stuff here and I'm going to go and switch this back into texture-shaded mode Uh, Over here, maybe I will turn this into my second camera so that we have a locked off point of this view just for demo purposes Let's create a new camera, duplicate the director's camera and now we've got that here Meanwhile, with my director's uh, camera and the whole indoor pool uh, selected, let's go outside a little bit and have a look at where these windows are. So this is where they are. And in order for something to appear through those windows, let's switch this over to camera two so that we can can see what's going on here. We can place an object literally in front of them. And I'm suggesting we're using a simple plane. So let's bring one in. Under create new primitive, let's create a plane. Size doesn't matter that much. Uh, divisions also doesn't really matter. We we just want this to be a um, kind of a cardboard box thing that will show an image on there that we can look at through the pictures. So let's, let's leave it at five meters. And it comes in at the dead center there of the scene. So let's go and grab this little white triangle. Not the whole thing, of course, just the, just the, in fact, let me just, uh, make that whole pool scene unselectable because right now if i were to click on this i could move the whole pool and that is really not what i want to do like i did by accident i don't want to move the walls accidentally here i really don't want to do that so uh, let me click on that uh, pool and you see that little arrow here with the tick box next to it if i click that once then it has a little x there and what that does is makes the whole scene and anything any children in that hierarchy unselectable so even if I click on the pool nothing will be selected which is very cool so now all I can select really is my plane if I I, if and my lights in fact if I can make them I can't so I'm gonna select them from the scene tab here and just move it over here It's one of those nice little workflow issues that uh, I need to remind myself of that fact because sometimes there's so many objects in the scene and you want to make sure I've just placed that. I really don't want to move that and, you know, this is how you can make that happen. So with our plane moving out here a little bit, let's move it kind of at a 45 degree angle to, uh, to the window. Let's turn it up a little bit on the parameters tab. I can I can have more accurate values. So, so X rotate, I believe that's minus 90. And then we'll just move that over here. And then I believe the Z rotate. Z rotates probably something along the lines of 45. I was not correct. It is probably the um, something else rotate. It's the X rotate, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. I know that's the, the Z rotate. Z- no, it's not the Z-rotate, it's a Y-rotate. No, it's not. How interesting. Well, let's put that back to zero. And what I would like to do is, uh, there we go, i like to do this. That's it. And then i like to do that. There. It doesn't have to be accurate. It's, um, you know, it's just for, for show on the outside there. Also, uh, the image I'm going to use, uh, I've, uh, I can maybe show you this, The image I'm going to use is somewhere here. Yeah, there we go. That's it. This Sydney. Harbour image. So I found that on the internet. I think it looks it looks quite nice, and I'm I'm thinking well, this is something that could be on the opposite side of our pool. So uh, you know, I thought I'll I'll grab that for testing because it's uh, you can see the lights are on. So it's it's something. It's kind of an afternoon scene, afternoon evening scene here. Maybe it's a little bit too bright, but it, you know, it's just it's just for, for demo purposes, and you get the picture. So I can make that image show up on my plane and. Uh, we can already see that the aspect ratio of the image I've shown you there and my square plane, that doesn't match. So let's stretch this out a little bit depending on how well the image fits on there. So uh, I may have to redo all this but it's all part of the fun, isn't it? So with the plane selected let's head over to the surfaces tab, go to the plane and first of all we see that these values uh, and that's what I was talking about earlier. These values are now set up for the 3D Lite render engine. So this is not suitable for Iray. It'll work, but because we're working in Iray, I would like to have the Iray properties showing up there. And uh, one way to do that, in fact, let me zoom in there. Next week, my, my shortcut keys will work better. So uh, you know, I, I, can, I can switch better uh, from, from you know, zooming into the top left or top right corner there. So, uh, right now, in order to switch this over with the plane selected, we head over to the presets tab here under the surfaces tab, head over to shaders, and under iRay, the first thing we see in this list is the exclamation mark iRay uber base. And if you double click that, nothing appears to happen at first but if we go back to the editor we can now see that these values have changed so uh, those are now the surfaces have now been translated into iray surfaces so now I can set the iray properties which I couldn't do before for example the emission shader that uh, the emissions channel that wasn't there before so before that I couldn't have turned this into uh, an emissive object now I can which is kind of nice so under base we've got uh, two things here we've got the the base color and um, we have got uh, yes so the base color that's kind of the the color of this object and um, I think it's the wrong way around so if I select if I set this to something else like green then this object will now look green I think I've got that the, the wrong way around but that's that's okay we can we can turn that around in a moment so let's look, at, let's look at this thing first. But rather than just putting a color on there, I can also put an image on here with that little triangle. So let's go over and browse to my Sydney Harbor image and place that on there. Sadly, it's not only the wrong way around, it's also upside down. So one of those things. Let's turn it around. Whoops. Hello, what's going on here? Okay, let's uh, use the parameters tab instead of that. There we go. I suppose that'll be 90 then. No, it's not 90. How interesting. Well, let's make it parallel with the rest of the world. And at the same time, let's also rotate it around like this so that we can know it is dual sided anyway. That's that's good for us. Good for us. So there um, you get the picture. You line it up so that it looks palatable and stands in front of our scene. That's, I guess, that's what I'm trying to show you here. So clumsily, you may have to increase the size. Yeah, actually, it's still mirrored, isn't it? So let's let's turn it around. This is this is actually what it looks like there in Sydney, I believe. I've never been myself. And you can always use uh, this final image as a guide to placing the picture and making it look. Uh, well the way you want it really so fill the whole picture up here and uh, and adjust to your heart's content if it would be a more suitable picture with an even wider shot of it then i guess it would look better and this is kind of why i didn't why i decided not to use this shot but i thought the information in here is, is nevertheless uh, kind of valuable how you can use your own images as outdoor images and just line it up until it fits there something like that maybe the angle a little bit and there we go that's that's kind of if we switch over to the camera two here that's kind of that would represent an outdoor view of that scene not perfect I know but you know it's one of those things full screen. I'm full screen. oh I'm not full screen Ah, oh, thank you so much It's one of those things <laughs> Julia is helping me out here. she's watching the, the stream which is uh, which is very nice thank you very much uh, for liking my channel to call me that is that's awesome that's always glad to hear that thank you so much and 3d light gamer dude i will cover that as well it's one of those things that's kind of uh, been more or less forgotten it's still a very good rendering engine so um, uh, thank you for the feedback there maybe i will do that uh, next week let's let's cover something similar for 3d light next week good idea so Let's finish this off. Um, this is this is how you can create an outdoor image. You can now go ahead and uh, head back to the surfaces channel, play with the emissions channel and crank that up. If you set that to something other than black over here, set it to white, you'll see that some other options are coming up and once again you can set the, the luminance units to watt and then crank that up so that the outside image gets brighter and Projects into your scene. So let's say 2000 watts for example And that'll be yet another light source that kind of projects into your scene. We'll see if we see something like that reflection on the door Let me just quickly put before we go any any longer. Let me just go and uh, go back to our uh, first shot here Or well, actually that's the that's the dark one. Let's go the director's camera again, and let's move inside our pool again and uh, let's place a character in our scene i'm going to have a look at my camera one here i'm also going to select my camera one and switch on that uh, headlamp again so that while we're setting this up we can see a character we're going to place the character put some clothing on it uh, put the pose on it and then we'll have perhaps one spotlight illuminating her a little bit better in this scene and then we'll tweak the final lighting and we should be finished that's that's the plan anyway So let's try this out. Uh, I'll go back into the smooth shaded view to save even more resources. Go back to the smart content view and let's pick a figure here. I believe yesterday I've used uh, Monique. Let's use Monique again. There's Monique 8 and there's Monique 7. I don't have that much content for the Genesis 8 series. So I'm gonna use the Genesis 7 series instead um it's one of those things clothing does fit uh but you know it's it's always i I like i like using native figures there i don't even know where my figure is there she is there we go there she is Um, with her selected in the scene let's go and put the frilly triangle bikini on that's under wardrobe and actually that's not an item of clothing for that figure. That's why it's not showing up in my smart content tab. I've got another video coming up this weekend about how to use content that's part of the Das Studio 101 series. So that's all about the differences between the smart content and the content library and I'm going to explain more about that there. For now I'll just switch this off and I get a lot more clothing items here on the left hand side. I'm going to go and uh, put that bikini top on and I'm getting this um, this dialogue again, that this was uh, unsupported. It used to be for Genesis 2 female. That's all I need to select really. And still with Monique selected, I'm gonna go and uh, put the bikini bottoms on. And again, that was for Genesis 2 female. autofit doing a nice job there, perfect. And um, perhaps uh, with, uh, with her still selected, let's add a pose. Now the pose is from the wonderful Danny and Marfono available from Renderosity Rossity as part of the White Spring collection. That's why it's not showing up in the smart content tab. So I'll head over to the content library and here's Biscuit's Miller hair. I'm going to put that on last because hair is usually very intense. So let's not let's not worry about hair for now. Let's go over to pose and uh, no, actually the poses are in the in the DAS Studio format. There we go. So I've got this uh, set up here. and the people, Genesis, three female, and there's poses, and there's DM, and there's the white spring collection number one. And I found a nice pose there that uh, makes the character sit down. Now poses, we're gonna delve into that in, in yet another video, but, uh, but for now, uh, you can see that in this case we have two poses. One is centered and one is already um, putting the character into a different position uh, let's let me show if you can if i can show you that difference here double click the first one and the character will stay in place and just put on the poles there but uh, if i were to have selected the second one i hope i can show you this the character moves and in this case moves out of frame now some poses are designed like that because they are part of a set so they are they are valuable but in that sometimes you really don't want that to happen and you want you apply a pose to a character and this character just goes boom out and you go well that's not where i want the character to be what am i going to do now and there is a way that uh, that you can apply a pose and keep the character in the position that he or she was once in there. So if I just undo that, and she's she's here now, and in fact if I just undo that again, she should she should turn back to a standing position. If we go to that pose, whoops very sensitive mouse wheel I've got going here uh, if I double click that pose the character moves away but if I hold down the control key and double click that pose then I get this little dialogue here and that's kind of funky because now I can I can say hey actually I don't want you to transform in the X y or Z direction and I don't want you to scale anything I still want you to probably to rotate things but if you untick the translation, items here and you hit accept then the character stays in that position so it's a very clever tip if ever you have poses that really ruin your day and ruin your scene hey this is how you can probably salvage them and just tell that studio Do you know what i don't want the character to move anywhere else just a tip from me i'm going to apply the centered pose here and now i'm going to move the character in position somewhere over here i guess somewhere further down this is partly why I like the smooth shaded viewport because it means the computer's resources are really not being uh, being taxed so much it's it's a nice way of just eliminating textures from the whole thing in this case it doesn't make that much of a difference but uh, it's a good habit to get into as you have more complex scenes with lot with scenes with lots of textures they can they can really suck your computer dry so I want her body to touch and kind of go into the set a little bit there's there's one thing I I think that should really be like this this is the character poking through the set now that's exactly what I want there's something I'm really looking forward to if ever that comes to Da studio and that is the deformability casual deformability of characters you know somebody puts pants on and they should really dig into the body deform the body and that's currently not happening or a character sits down on here the the body should kind of squish out a little bit and that's not happening right now and that's that would be nice if we could at one point make that happen so something along those lines that sounds good let's have a look at our final uh, shot here on camera one and just make that uh, zoom in there a little bit more i've been debating whether it is a good idea to include the uh, pool ladder on the back or not and i've decided to put it in because it does actually look uh, quite nice without it it's almost as if there's something uh, missing from that uh, from that picture there. Speaking of missing things I've also decided in the final shot that there was something missing here so I've used some of the pool recliners from the other side that are by the window and moved them over here so I'll do that in a moment. Uh, For now let's finish the character off by um, putting on an expression So I had imagined uh, she's away in a hotel, boyfriend, husband is doing a kind of a conference thing and she's bored and he's coming home late because conference or exhibition was taking much longer. So that's why uh, I thought I'm going to put a bored expression on that. Expressions are found in the character's head. So select that either from uh, the scene tab or just select the head. Then head over to the parameters tab under pose controls, you'll see the head. And there's some expressions if they're installed. I've got quite a few here for Genesis 3. And uh, one was bored. There we go. So let's put a bored expression on her. And also, I don't think I want her to look at the camera. I'd like her to kind of gaze out into into the Sydney harbor there, something like that. So just move the character's head over. So that's that. One other thing, if I switch over back to the texture shaded views, I'd like to use my own textures that you get. I did mention this before. I thought I'd mention this again. If you support me on Patreon, you get access to a texture pack that's called Breakwater Textures for this particular bikini, for the um, frilly triangle bikini. And that is available, I believe, under people. Oh, that's under here as nick genesis 2 clothing frilly triangle bikini under materials you see all these wonderful breakwater textures that julia and i have made together so they're very um, they're very attractive there's a lot of a um, lot of funky options here so on the top we'll maybe put the red one and on the bottom we'll also put the red one there are in total uh, i believe 14 designs so you know that's not bad and you get it all for free and Long other funky goodies so you know if you decide to do that the link is patreon.com forward slash verse lewis i would be thrilled to see you there and you get kind of behind the scenes material and uh, other goodies if you wish so you know definitely worth checking out so that's that to finish off The character let's add some hair and I've uh, talked about hair earlier it's a bit resource hungry but uh, let's do it nonetheless otherwise that's just not going to look characters without hair just don't look don't look very real do they so um, in my case I'm going to use biscuits Mila hair and that's a poser format uh, hair that I've got under props i believe usually you'd look under hair but biscuits is very nice if you do that and you go into the mila hair then you see oh hair is in the prop folder there we go so that's very helpful i like that thank you biscuits for doing that and so in our case mila hair uh, comes with two versions one is the hair cap so select monique and double click the cap that'll put it on there before we carry on with the cap selected Let's go and under the Morph tab you can see the G3, G8 fit that we need to dial that up so that that's kind of the base plate for the, for the hair and uh, once again with Monique selected in the content library uh, now we can go and apply the hair, takes a moment for that to happen there's a lot of morphs in there and now we can see that the hair is on here but it doesn't quite fit properly yet so once again select the hair, head over to the parameters tab and go into the Morphs tab, uh, there, sorry, into the Fits tab, and then you see the same G3, G8 fit here, and that makes the hair prop fit properly on multiple characters. So you can see um, uh, Biscuits has included fits for Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Genesis 8, Dawn, Pauline, and Project Evolution, so very exciting stuff not to mention the amount of offset and style morphs, the styles, how you can style the bun. This is, this is so much work has gone into this. So, you know, very exciting there. I'm going to make that hair a little bit frizzy on the back because that's what happens when you go into humid things. Too that's a bit too frizzy. So let's not, let's not go overboard here. But, you know, let's make it a little bit frizzy here. There we go. And one other thing that Biscuits recommends once you've selected the hair to make it look better you can apply a subdivision surface morph and that's just um, something Biscuits will tell you all about that in her product so that's under object, geometry, convert to sub d and uh, subdivision surfaces that is something that implies more polygons that are actually there but that happens uh, not in the actual geometry but the moment it is being rendered or displayed in the scene so uh, that's the, the concept there is that you can have a fairly low polygon thing like say it's a square which only has four vertices on the outside and you apply a subdivision surface modifier to that and it it creates um, four more vertices in there so it splits that polygon up and it creates more resolution that isn't part of the scene so it's kind of a memory optimization thing that looks very swish once you apply it. Usually objects have that applied but some objects don't In in Biscuit's hair for example hasn't got that applied. So just one of those things. I thought I'd mention that while I'm talking about it. Right, let's have a look what this uh, currently looks like in the iRay preview here. I believe we still have the uh, camera's headlamp switched on here. This is camera one. So with camera one selected under cameras, let's uh, switch that off so that we get an accurate representation of what this currently looks like. Oh well, yeah, and of course yeah it's switched over to ira and my computer is still thinking about it and thank you for the link to patreon julia i much appreciate that Wings <laughs> uh, King K. I uh, thought it was useful about keeping the character in place right okay i'm glad it was helpful excellent Oh, there we go. We can see pre springing into action. It's still very, very long. I'm just scrolling through the chat here, uh, guys. Yes, yeah, it's all those little tips. Uh, I thought this is why these live streams are kind of nice. Often I would cut these things out if rendering takes too long. But, um, you know, if you do have any questions about a technique I've used or anything that's where you thought well isn't there a better way of doing x y and z please let me know this is what the chat's for chip in and you know maybe we can uh, I can help you if I if I know the solution I will tell you if it's too elaborate I'll make it uh, I'll make a a separate video about it so right now we can see the pool looks okay the background looks okay all we don't really have is a lot of kind of base lighting so it looks all very um, very dark doesn't it so let's, let's see if we can improve that somehow. So um, one way of doing that and I'm looking at this tiny little preview over there maybe I can uh, uh, bring that out a little bit more. There we go. So one thing I'm thinking is that we could put one dedicated spotlight on the character. I think I'm also going to move the character over to the right a little bit more. Let's just start there actually. Uh, Switch over to the Tap here and go um, to this again. So with Monique selected, oh, that's another thing I can show you. This is something many people don't know that. Uh, so here's here's the situation. I want to. I'm looking at camera one here, and I'd like to move the character along, literally along the pool line. So here's here's what I'd like to do. Oops, computer is struggling to keep up here. There we go. And um, so what I like to do is move the character along literally to to the side like from here just shift it over to there uh, there we go from here to there just a little bit but you can see that my direct manipulation gadget doesn't seem to allow me to do that right now it allows me to position the character slightly further forward or, or for, further forward in this way so either this way or that way and it doesn't seem to allow me to to move it left or right exactly and that other programs call it different things and this is kind of it, it depends what this manipulator gadget is currently looking at and this can be changed under a tab called the tool settings so with this thing selected with direct manipulation gadget selected You can go over to tool settings, and there's this thing uh, that's called use local coordinates. So right now, because we've spun the character around and twisted her around a little bit, she is now uh, no longer lined up to the world axis. And the world axis is probably still lined up for for left-right movement. So we can change that. uh, Switch that to here so you can see it better. We can change the uh, local use local coordinates to use world coordinates and as soon as i do that then i see that the gadget is now lined up the way i would expect it to so if ever you see the thing being lined up in a way that you hadn't quite expected and you'd like for it to change then uh, that's a way to to look at this the tool settings tab you can open that under window and then panes, tabs and that's the the tool settings are hiding in here somewhere and uh, that'll bring that up. You can dock that palette and it's context sensitive so depending on which tool you choose from your palette this thing is context sensitive and uh, may bring up um, other options there. So uh, right now uh, use world coordinates works well, local coordinates doesn't work so well. So there we go another gadget I thought I'd I'd let you you have there on the way. So let's move the character further over here. I think if she sits closer to there and also uh, kind of more center in the in the picture, I think I'd, I'd like that. Now, um, one way to brighten up the scene is of course to play with the headlamp setting. So we don't have to completely switch it off, we can just uh, play with the intensity of the headlines sometimes that it, it works quite well if all we need is a little bit of brightening up there let me see if i can change the intensity there once my computer is responsive again i guess you know streaming encoding and doing dash rendering at the same time this is all just it's not it's not easy at Speaking of which, perhaps I should save the scene just in case the inevitable happens, and you know my computer crashes. Can you imagine we'd have to start all the way from scratch? That wouldn't be good, would it? So uh, as soon as it comes back to life, I might just quickly hit that Save button there. Always good, always good to save while you're working, and also good to uh, save before you start rendering. That's another, another tip I can give you there. So right now it looks like my computer isn't doing anything. come on save as save the whole scene and i'll say call this the pool stream there we go not the pole stream the pool stream there Whew. crisis averted so to adjust the intensity of the headlamp. Currently, it's, it's it's I think it's by default it's set to a hundred percent, but you can adjust it. You can adjust it to be to have a lower intensity. You can adjust the offset of that. But only that camera. So that have that both on the on my director's camera, as well as on the uh, on the real camera that we're rendering with. And I'll show you as soon as my computer stopped uh, messing around here. I'll show you exactly how that works. This afternoon, by the way, I'm going to do another video uh, to um, uh, to introduce, uh, show you how to uh, do artificial depth of field. So we could add depth of field in here in the scene as well uh, by by switching that on the under the um, camera setting. There, let me just first of all switch the iRay mode off here so that we go and. Um, and see this in a. Just use much less resources here. Make my computer a bit more responsive. So on on my camera here, on uh, say if I select camera one and I go into my camera setting, or on the parameters tab, it doesn't doesn't make a difference. Um, there is a way that under camera I can introduce something like the depth of field right here. Let me just uh, switch over there. whoa yeah I think my computer doesn't really like me doing so many things at the same time uh, forgive me hardware forgive me so here we go this is um, uh, this you can't even see that now can you what a shame so um, anyway you can switch the depth of field on and I've shown you in previous videos of how to deal with that but doing so introduces yet another element of calculation into the whole mixer it'll it'll be even more taxing on the uh, on the hardware so sometimes You can introduce depth of field effects in Photoshop, and that's uh, uh, thanks to the excellent Blur Gallery. One of my Patreon supporters, Christina McKay, hello Christina, if you're watching, hello, hello to Germany again. Um, You can introduce that in Photoshop, so my plan is to make another video on that and and show you maybe uh, using this image how you can effectively do that to save some rendering time, a very, very interesting tip. So right now we're just gonna go and head back over to the headlamp feature where it's currently uh, off. Let's switch that on again and see if we can just brighten up the scene a little bit. So right now we have the headlamp intensity set to one. If we turn that down, we can, we can be very subtle about this or we can, you know, we can crank it up and then the picture looks really, really scary. So uh, perhaps by, uh, by switching over to that camera here, this is just the OpenGL preview that never really looks nice so the the, um, the one that we would uh, currently look at here is the number one preview uh, let's let's see that involves that's probably a little bit too intense It's a shame that we have to switch iray on again and look at it because otherwise we're never gonna get an accurate preview of that so um, yes so headlamp, that's one thing that, that you can just uh, tweak the intensity down. You can also adjust the offset here, X, Y, and Z offset. So that means by default, zero means the headlamp emanates directly from where the camera is. So always where you're looking. So you look elsewhere with the camera and the, the light always um, shines at the object from the direction of the camera. So it's it's kind of comparable to these uh lighting hats that the miners wear so that they can that they can see what they're mining and chipping away at car mechanics use it as well and uh, in das studio is kind of used so that we we get to see something but so sometimes it's over the top sometimes we just we just want that effect uh, a little bit and that's something you can employ here uh, as soon as my computer springs back to action we can see what the headlamp intensity looks like when we turn it down Uh, yeah it's one of those things but uh, the offset here the x y and z offset you can if you imagine this is the camera and this is the headlamp here then you can literally go and take this and, and move it x y and z so if you want that to come from a different direction you can make that happen i think the only thing you can't do is turn it so it would be really helpful if we had a way to not only move the camera the sorry the headlamp off the camera but also then turn it around like the rotation in that headlamp that'd be kind of cool but hey one of those things so this is already with the headlamp applied here it doesn't look too bad all i all i uh, don't really like is this um, this kind of strip of light here i don't really i don't really like that and that's because it just comes from this very direction so i suppose if we were to move this up a little bit then we can maybe see uh, say, try, the, try five and the, the headlamp moves up so it kind of shines from slightly further up. I don't know if that's making a, a major difference here I think the only thing I would suggest to make this image better is to create a light from the hotel image on the other side or use uh, maybe even a distant light to do that. And then one final thing I think to, to finish the scene off is to place a spotlight on the character from somewhere like here and then just have some soft shadows just illuminate her there yeah those are values you can play around with i'm not a big fan of the headlamp kind of um, kind of look Uh, i much prefer the, uh, the like mesh lights or parametric lights there so I suppose let's just leave it for now because I'm, I'm really running out of time. I wanted to show you one last thing and that is uh, to place a nice looking light on the character so that, that, that just that the character is a little bit more illumination there. So uh, I'll leave the headlamp feature in place here for now and um, you know, let you fiddle with that and uh, see if you can come up with a better uh, way of doing it. Let's go back to smooth shaded here. Um, if you have any pictures that you want to share with me, then head over to my Facebook page. By the way, you can do that. Um, that lets you post pictures. You can either post a link to your own gallery, like Renderosity gallery or something. Or if I, I'm thinking, especially if you've if you've uh, used exactly this setting and used my tips, I'd love to just see what you guys have come up with. And Facebook allows you to kind of directly upload the picture there. So, you know, then we can all share and all chip in and, you know, give each other critique and see if we can improve each other's work. That'd be really nice. So it's a uh, facebook.com forward slash WPGuru.tv and Julia's going to post a link there in a minute if she can find the page. So let's uh, let's put a light on the character here. Let's go back to my director's camera so I can mess around with that. My light, I'm envisioning my light to come from somewhere from, from kind of from here into the scene. So uh, the way I'm going to do that is to create a new spotlight in this case and I'm going to go and apply the, the um, director's camera uh, uh, thing so that it kind of shines, it's being created directly from where I'm looking and that's kind of, uh, that'll, that'll help me out and here's the light, whoops, here's the light and here's how it's shining onto the character. So I think uh, one thing I'd like to do is move the light forward a little bit. You can also use the point at feature. That's another thing that uh, that's sometimes helpful Under parameters with the spotlight in the scene selected, your spotlight selected. If you go over to MISC, then you can have this point at option. And if you do that, you can point the light directly at the character or at, literally at anything so you can point it at Monique but you can also be more um, kind of narrowed down you can point it at her head for example rather than just at, at her at her kind of bounding box you can point it at her head Let's see if we can do that it's kind of buried in here somewhere there's the head and when you do that i'll show you what the exciting bit about this is if you do that then you can uh, move the light around and in so doing whoops, that was obviously the wrong the wrong button that i've pressed there the wrong thing i've said there if i move the light forward now you can see that the actual light points always at the character so that's kind of a very neat trick if you if you already know what you want to illuminate and where from uh, you just one less step to worry about point the light at the character or add an attribute of the character and then you know move it either further away closer in what not whatever you want to do the lights always going to point at the character so that's that's fairly cool Oh. I thought about PC specifications a good point I've, I've literally had um, I've literally wrote an article uh, th- a couple of days ago I haven't posted that yet but uh, in th- I will, uh, wouldn't that be nice if I could just uh, do that now actually let me do that this is live interaction for you this is awesome I've uh, I've I've got I just need to log into my website literally hit publish and then I can give you the link how cool is that uh, so yes I I've, I've get this question I get asked this question every once in a while and uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to um, uh, to post this and it's a post that's called my rig and in essence it's a ve- it's a relatively cheap computer that uh, I've Bought in 2016, and it's an old HP workstation, and it's called an HP Z600 workstation. And um, so, I will update this post uh, going forward. So, this is uh, here, this is for you, Thala this should be live now. See if you can check it out. So it's a HP Z600 workstation. It's a, this is a dual Xeon workstation and it's um, uh, something... <laughs> Thank you. And it's, uh, it's something I got f- from eBay for $170 and it's, a, it's something that used to cost about 6000 because it has two quad-core Intel CPUs and they're very fast it gives me up to 16 threads of uh, rendering capacity under software renderers like uh, either 3d light or carrara so they're really really powerful and um, i've added a few bits to it so like an ssd drive and uh, geforce gtx 970 also in 2016 it has about 1664 cuda cores and uh, that that gives fairly good um, IRA rendering capacities so it 's also it 's also one of those things that it 's been superseded i don 't think they make it anymore it was about two hundred dollars so it wasn't wasn 't actually that um, that bad I suppose the 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 ten series kind of superseded that so the ten eighty now we 've got the twenty eighty and the twenty forty ti i believe they 're called and they 've kind of replaced that series but they Uh, they were out at the time when I bought mine but it it just didn't fit into the case so there we go HP Z 600 workstation so there we go then with the light in place here let's change a few parameters on that so with the spotlight selected under light here, uh, we can whittle these things down into area and photometrics. And uh, I've, I've talked about this many times before. We have the light geometry. Let me change, change over to that here. So I wish my shortcut keys were working without interfering with that Studio. I'm sure next week they will. So the light geometry is currently set to point light. That's by default. Uh, spotlight comes in as a point light. But I don't think that gives very good results. So I like to change that over to a rectangle and then that's kind of emulates a photographer's softbox. And what we've got here then is the height and width parameters which are set to 10 by default. That'll work but it'll give give kind of medium soft shadows. So they're not harsh shadows like you get with the distant light for example. The distant parametric light in iRay is terrible. It gives very harsh shadows, very unnatural. It's almost like on a very very strong sunny day. And uh, 10 is kind of a little bit softer, but I would recommend you try something like 50 or 100. So let me try 50, because otherwise you, you see this kind of light cone shining on the character. And I don't really want that. I want this to be like a, like a fairly soft um, just illumination of where, where the action is in that picture. So change that to 50. Under photometrics, you've got these two values. The temperature is the color temperature. 6500 is about daylight temperature so I like to tone that down into 4000 or 5000 it's kind of an indoor evening scene let's let's try let's try 4000 that makes it a bit more orangey yellow and anything more than 6500 will make it kind of bluer that's kind of how how the color temperatures work in degrees kelvin measured they are and I believe this comes from heating up a a pitch black thing which doesn't illuminate any light which is then zero degrees kelvin technically and the hotter you make that black body the more it starts to glow and it starts to kind of glimmer at like a dark red and then it goes orange and then at some point it's white and then if you heat it up even more it it apparently goes blue I don't have black bodies to test that theory with but that's what I remember our physics teacher uh, told us at school back in the day it's many many years ago a luminous flux is the intensity of the light. And to make that work in this situation, it' kind of depends on how far the light is away from the character. I think maybe let's try twenty thousand and see where that where that gets us. So that's just uh, that's just something I'm, I'm pulling out of my hat here, and I'll see if it works. Let's switch this uh, this main scene over to IRA and see if those are results we can live with. And if not, we're going to just going to go and uh, tweak the parameters of the light. And then that should be the last thing we're going to do. I know you're, you guys are all busy and you want to go home and I've been talking for nearly two hours. This was kind of the, the longest live stream ever. One of those things, but Hey, if it was helpful to, to y'all, then, you know, I'm more than happy to do it. And it's also a nice opportunity to hang and get to know you and you can ask questions and you know, it's one of those things. Oh, am I not widescreen? Oh, there we go. See, this is, why, this is why you really need assistance. You know, this is, this is, what would I do without my wonderful wife, Julia S. Lewis? woo <laughs> Still not there, is it? Well, I've, I've just switched it over. Uh, maybe it's my computer literally lagging behind here. That, that could be, are, there, are we still, no, we're not, are we? We should, we're, we're coming up to it in a moment. I think maybe there's a bit of a stream delay going there with all the rendering I'm doing could also be due to the length of the screencast it kind of it uh, it takes just so much longer for anything to to happen that could be haha see I do it in 30 seconds later it happens in real life it wasn't like that last week last week we're literally snappy probably so my computer speaking of my computer is still behind it's just only now kicking in here with um, with a picture we can look at And It um, looks like yeah, we're kind of we're kind of getting there. I think the character could do with a bit more light Even so I think 20,000 was probably not uh, Quite enough. Let's uh, crank that value up to about a hundred thousand. So that's how much you need there Uh, The good thing is once I raise done the first render. I call that a cold render. If if you're switching over to the iRay viewport for the first time, that's kind of a cold render. And it takes a bit longer to to do anything. And of course, it doesn't help that I'm encoding a 1080p 30 stream at the same time and capturing a webcam and letting a poor computer do all that. And most of it is done by the graphics card. So there we go. um, It usually goes a little bit faster when I'm working on my own or when I'm making screencasts uh, pre-recorded. So um, yes, all that is happening in the background. I guess that just makes my computer a little bit slower there. So okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. The longer this renders, the the more light comes into the scene. Also important to remember. So sometimes you think, oh, the light's not not intense enough, and uh, then you walk away and grab a coffee, and then you see the lights actually, you know, um, uh, just just as intense as you wanted it to be but as i said before this is partly due to the fact that we have so many light sources in our picture that's what makes this so slow so if uh, what i could have done here is switch all these lights off in the background or just invisibilize them just focus on what the character is going to look like in situ and then just you know take it from there or i could do what i do in the course and say yeah you know while my computer Rendering uh, here's something uh, we've prepared earlier and this is actually what it looks like haha <laughs> and of course, you know It took about two hours to render this picture. So, um, you know uh, Don't give yourself or your computer a hard time if it doesn't immediately look like that But you can kind of see the um, all these all these elements that we've that we've put in here The only other thing that I've added here in this picture is a little bit of artificial depth of field So I don't know if you can see that in the stream but this is also on my gallery on renderosity. You can have a, a closer look at that. Or it's in the YouTube community tab as well. That's, that's kind of a, a larger version of that, if you like. And I, may, I think I've also posted it on the, on the Facebook um, page, so you can have a look at that. So you see the foreground here, which is also covered by my picture, which doesn't help, uh, and the top here, there's a bit of... Um, depth of field effect going on here and that's done with the Photoshop blur gallery. So I'm going to prepare a video for you in order to show you how that works. You can do that in Das Studio but again it adds another layer of of complexity there. So yeah that's what my final result kind of looks like and our result is kind of getting there kind of getting there. I'm still getting uh, a bit of a harshish shadow down here so I think what I may want to do there is to um, increase the intensity of the Sydney Harbour which we can see in the background here that's something we can see maybe I can even do that here on the plane on the emissions tab on the surfaces uh, we can crank that right up so instead of 2000 let's use 10,000 so if I do that then this reflection here will be uh, will be lighter and we will also probably going to get more light from here in there so that's one thing I can do and the other thing is I can make the shadows a little bit softer on the character, and I can also go ahead and uh, and make um, the light intensity maybe a little bit better. Move the light around. It's something to try out, and you know, and eventually, hopefully, you're going to come up with a picture like this. There we go. That's all I wanted to show you today. Um, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, that's the community tab there absolutely, uh, you can uh, you can get in touch with me there, sometimes I'm also letting you know of upcoming live streams of course there and um, uh, anything like gaming or, or other stuff. Gaming is something I want to get into, not as a professional gamer but more from a point of view of having a look at how game developers may have made images there uh, made made the made the scene and talk about textures and talk about geometry and talk about game engines you know and also it's a nice place to hang out and ask questions that's really all I wanted to tell you today. Um, thank you so much for watching from all over the world. We have had international viewers. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna continue doing these either as a scene building exercise or any kind of other desk studio tips Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, neither another nice tip from Julia. She told me that uh, I've given out the wrong. Uh, times for Europe and the UK of course that's terrible of me so 10 a.m eastern standard time is currently while we're in winter time is I believe what was it again 3 p.m in the UK and 4 p.m in Europe is that correct because I thought it was an hour later so I think it's going to be so it's 3 p.m in the UK every Friday and 4 p.m in the in Europe in most parts of Europe and it's 10 o'clock eastern standard time And don't ask me what that is in Pacific time. I really have no idea. Anyway, that was it for today. Thank you so much for watching. Your donations on Patreon are greatly appreciated. Hang around for more funky videos about Das Studio creative software, kind of little gadgety reviews, how I do this whole streaming thing and whatnot. Any questions, drop them down in the comments. I will see you very, very soon. Let me roll the credits. Somewhere. Here, there we go. Take care, bye bye.